I'm identifying as a, as a, as a guy, like I'm, but with him, I couldn't come to call myself by the name that I was going by. And I couldn't, I wanted to wear makeup around him and I wanted to, to wow. be feminine around him. And I was like, this is so strange. What is happening? Hey everybody, and welcome to the Raised and Redeemed podcast and YouTube channel. I'm your host, Michaela Nikolenko, and I started this show after finally finding my home in Christ. I grew up in a home with lots of abuse and addiction where Christianity became something that repelled me. I spent my early adulthood seeking God in other religions, tarot cards, psychedelics, and even myself. I didn't realize how much hell I had pulled up into my life until I came face to face with the dark side of the spirit world and Jesus fought hard to save me. Now I live to serve his will and host a platform where others can share their story too. If you're looking for a show that talks about real things and provides encouragement for those who have been to the dark side and back, this is the show for you. Make sure to rate, subscribe, and share this show with anyone that you feel might be encouraged by it too. Quick disclaimer, what we can agree on here is that we love Jesus and he is our Lord and Savior. I don't filter what my guests say, so there will most likely be something along the way that you don't agree with, and that's okay. I highly recommend spending time researching and praying about anything that gets said that might trouble you. With all that said, thank you so much for joining me, and welcome to the Raised and Redeemed family. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome back to Raised and Redeemed. Today, I have Jessica Smith on the show, and let me just tell you, this is one of my favorite conversations because we are going into some deep topics that you might not otherwise hear at your church or in your personal lives. Jess once struggled with addictions, pains, and sexual brokenness that not only led to her identifying as a lesbian, but also beginning to go through the process of becoming transgender. But the Lord fought for her and redeemed her as his child, where she now is a wife, mother, and minister of deliverance. I know you guys are going to enjoy this conversation. So without further ado, let's get on to the show. Thank you so much for being with us today, Jessica. You are, I am not first on TikTok and literally make just genius content. So that's how I found you. Um, and that's where I learned that you were born again from identifying, I think, as a lesbian to now identifying as a child of God, which is so amazing and honestly beyond my understanding. So thank you for being here today. I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, and I'd just like to talk a little bit about what led you there, uh, how Jesus saved you, and what that walk looks like now. So if you wouldn't mind just bringing us back to the beginning. Thank you so much for having me on here too. It is it's such such a pleasure. Um so I got I got saved back in 2016 and my testimony is just it's very unorthodox uh to even start out with. So so back in 2016 I was I identified as gay. Um and it's funny because so before that, like I, I grew up Christian, um, or what I thought was, you know, I thought I was a, was a Christian. Um, my mom's, a, my mom's always been a Christian. I'm a pastor's kid. Um, so I kind of grew up in church a little bit. Um, but by the time I got into my teens, I didn't identify as Christian anymore. Mm. So 
you know, I really rebelled. I got into drugs, all of that. Um, and so by the time that I was in my early 20s, um, which was back in 2016, I was just full blown, like addicted. I identified as gay, the whole works. And I was working this, this one job and I ended up, um, starting to see a girl that was working with me and she identified as Christian. Mm. And at this time I identified as agnostic, you know, like I had this mindset of, I don't care if he's real or not. Like if he is cool, if he's not, whatever, like I just don't even care. And well, she would always like make these little, like she would always just say these little things. She would be like, uh, Jesus is the way and just like all these little things. And so she was planting seeds. And this is so crazy because we were seeing each other. Yeah. Like we were both in sin, <laughs> but, um, but she was still planting these seeds. And so around the end of 2015, uh, in December, um, she actually like ended things with me mm. and it just devastated me. I was so heartbroken. I was, I was, I was just devastated. And right at the beginning of, of 2016. So in January, I was just in a really, really dark place. I was, I was in a depression. I was, I was in this place where I was like, I don't know who I am, what I want to do. I'm heartbroken. I don't know what to do now. Um, because I genuinely, or what I thought was love. I, I genuinely thought I loved this girl, you know? Um, and so there was a day where Actually, I think this was at the very end of December. So it was like right before January. But there was a day where I just remember I was sitting on my bed and I was just weeping. I was sobbing. And all of a sudden I heard what I now know as the Holy Spirit. And he was like, just let go. And I remember like just stopping and I was like, what? Mm. Like, did I just hear that? Like, am I crazy? Like, but it was also like, when I heard it, it's like a knowing, like, you just know that it's God, like, you just know. And so I knew, I knew that it was God. And, and he just any scriptures at that point? No, no, I had, I had never really gotten into like, I knew some Bible stories and stuff. But before that, I had never really read in the Bible, nothing. Um, and it was just, it was so surreal that I, I fell to the ground and I just started weeping even harder. Like I was like holding my chest. I remember the pain was so intense oh, yeah. that it was in my chest. And I just kept hearing him say that he was like, just let go and let God. And I was like, this is crazy. And so I, I stopped for, for a second and I was like, okay, God, like I said, Jesus, if you're real, then you know, the whole works, I was like, then, then come into my heart, come into my life. Uh, then I need you. Like, I, I can't take this pain anymore. I, I can't take this. This is, this is unbearable to me. And, oh, I, I feel the Holy Spirit right now. I, fe I felt this peace. I, f I felt his peace just wash over me, literally from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. And I just started, I was, I was just weeping, weeping. And I, I just remember I continued praying and I don't remember everything I said in this prayer, but something changed. 
something just like something broke something changed wow and i've never been the same and and what's funny that you mentioned about uh reading the bible so two weeks after that um i remember i i came home from work one day this was like two weeks after this happened i came home from work and i heard the holy spirit again and he was like i want you to read the bible <laughs> and i was like like I've I've never read the Bible. This is crazy. And 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 I, what I what I love to point out in this is that I didn't have anybody influencing me mm-hmm. during this time. It was literally the Holy Spirit Himself. That's how I knew that it was Jesus. That's how I knew that it was Holy Spirit because I wasn't going to church during this time. My mom's a Christian, but like she wasn't. You know, she wasn't preaching to me. She wasn't teaching me anything. Um, and so it, everything that I learned and, and, and experienced during that time was just all Holy Spirit, just That's doing cool. it all. Like it was, it was awesome. I so see amazing. you talk a lot on your TikTok about like the secret place and, you know, you're doing this deliverance that looks like by yourself and, and at home. And it seems like, yeah, like, like God is doing so much with you in your quiet time, like alone, which is amazing because a lot of us need help to like access what you're accessing with God, you know, just in your own space. Yeah. Yeah. I will say that community is so important, right? Like, I don't think it's good for us to ever get to a place where we're, we're solely in isolation, but I will say it, it seems to be kind of like a controversial thing. Like some people will be like, oh, it's not good for you to be isolated, which sometimes it's not. Mm-hmm. But if God is calling, like sometimes God really does call us to be isolated because he yeah. wants us just in that secret place all to himself. Because, and, and I I will always speak on this. I, I do think that it's, it's more important for us to grow with Jesus in the secret place than it is for us to grow in a church. Because the yeah. thing is, is that you, you can be in a church and you can listen to the pastor. And that's great. That's fine. There's obviously nothing wrong with that. We should be in a church. But at some point, you also have to seek God for yourself. Yes. You, can't, you can't always be just listening to a pastor. I mean, none of us are perfect. We are all humans. And so there's times where I haven't always agreed with pastors. Obviously, there's a lot of pastors that we shouldn't agree with. But... Yeah. You know, and so that's where just listening and and having that time with God comes in. You have to know, you know, the difference between when the Holy Spirit's speaking and when it's not. Yeah. Well, I'm just inspired, I think, so much by that because I was so hard headed. Like, like, (laughs) oh my goodness. When you're saying God spoke to you and you heard the Holy Spirit and then like he told you to read the scriptures and you knew that was that was him. Like, I feel like. I went through so much confusion when God first started speaking to me where I was like reading his scriptures before I even believed. Like I was reading his scriptures before I even believed that it was the word of God and that it was living. And then that's how he started to convict me and like speak to me about my sin. Um, But I was still like, "Ah, I don't really know. So then I went to church and then the Holy Spirit was working on me there, uh, further convincing me of what I was reading. But like, I was like a real knucklehead about it where I was not trying to like hear what he was saying. I think also because the whole process of dying to yourself, like my whole identity was at a crisis when God began to speak to me because at that point, I don't know 
if you know, like my testimony, but I was very new age. And so I identified with that and that lifestyle and like everything that I was doing in that. And so I don't know if you experienced that of like, like opposition, because it's like, wait, no, this is who I thought I was. You And you mean to tell me that this is who I am? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. So, so after what's, what's crazy is, so I've experienced all of that too. And I'll be honest, sometimes I still do. Like I can still be a knucklehead and it's, it's just so funny because, but it's important for us before I even go into that. I feel, I feel led to, to always say this. It's important for us to always be open to correction mm. to, to, to the Lord. Like that's so pinnacle in our walk with God is to be open to that correction and to just be like, God, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, <laughs> I, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm sorry. I'm wrong. You're right. Um, yeah. But but after I got saved, um, it's like, where do I even begin? After I got saved, I spent the next, like, four or five months um, just really, really trying to get close to God and see what was what was crazy is so because I identified as gay, it was really, really hard for me to let that go. It was really hard. I remember there would be days I would literally be, (laughs) I'd be reading in the word because, because when I started reading in the scripture, I'd be in my room, literally in the secret place, reading in the scripture for like six hours a day. Like it was, I would come home from work and like, that's all I wanted to do. I'd go in my room, shut the door and just, that's all I wanted to do. But when I would when I would get to anywhere, like in Romans or anywhere else where it talked about homosexuality, I would like shut my Bible and I'd be like, mm. I can't do this. Like and and there would there would be so many days where I would just weep and I'd cry out to God and I'd be like, Lord, I, I don't understand. Like I don't understand um why I can't let this go and 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 you know, why did you make me like this? And why is this happening? And why do I have this attraction? All these things, you know. Um, and what, what he really ended up showing me later on was that I wasn't ready to let it go really. Like it it was something that, that I wasn't ready to surrender. I still wanted that sin. And so because of that, I ended up backsliding really, really hard for, for a couple of years, for a couple of years. And I, when I backslid, um, and I think it talks about this somewhere in scripture. I'm really bad with memorizing scripture. I'm trying to get better at it, but um, <laughs> where it talks about the dog going back to its vomit and mm, um, wow, and yes, and if you and if you go back to to your old ways, like it'll be worse for you. Like it'll like you should have never just right. And and that's exactly how it was for me when I backslid. It was. I ended up getting deeper into drugs. At one point I even thought I was trans. Like there was, there was, I, I even started so, so far as I started taking hormones. Like I literally changed my name. I changed my whole identity. And that's when I got into new age. That's when I started doing all of these, these crazy things. Um, and so God, it, God is just so good. And he's, he's so merciful and he's so, he has so much grace. Um, because thank the Lord, he ended up pulling me out of that. So I'm literally, a prodigal daughter. Yeah. Yeah. He kept fighting for you. I love that. Yeah. 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 I believe he always will. I believe he'll always fight for us. Yeah. I think, I think the new age kind of gives us a glimmer of, of hope too, because we know like we were designed to 
crave a relationship with God. And so in the new age, you think that you can have that while also still getting to live in your life of sin and not just live in it. Like the new age, like glorifies that fleshly desire as something sacred. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So that was, that was definitely, I relate to that a lot too. My thing was, I feel like my biggest addiction was sexual immorality. Like I had this like love void where like I feel like I associated sex with love and you know so so many people do and so I feel like that's what led me to sleeping around as much as I did is like that's like the deepest most intimate thing that you can do with somebody. And so I was like giving that away but that was the hardest thing for me to to let go of. And so that was like you know, one of the first things God was speaking to me about when I first started reading the Bible, where I was like, I don't know how I'm supposed to digest this because this is going to change my entire everything about what I'm doing. Also, on the topic of like, like it's both sexual brokenness, like the way I was doing it is sexual brokenness, the way you were doing it was sexual brokenness. Um, so it's just a little bit different in application, but it's still rooted in in that brokenness. I wrote down this quote. I don't know if you've heard of Jackie Hill Perry. I have. Yeah. She's amazing. Yeah. So she wrote a gay girl, good God. Um, And so she was saved from, I think like a, a similar life, you know, of the sexual brokenness. And she, she said, I enjoyed my sin, but I couldn't find peace anywhere in it. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. So good. So it's like we might have enjoyed these things and our flesh might still like hunger for these things, but there's no peace in it. And I think the difference is once you come to know Jesus, like you love God more than that sin. Come on. That, that's exactly that's exactly how it is. Um, that's exactly how it was for me. I remember especially when um, when I started getting into new age and I started like uh, injecting myself with hormones and I was trying to change my identity. It's crazy because I look back at the pictures of myself even, and I see that I was literally dying. Like I was, I was literally dying. Like you can see it. I was so, so much, um, I know I'm kind of pale now, but, <laughs> but like I was, I, I looked very sickly and, and I, when I think back at how I even felt, I mean, I, I have, uh, so because I also fell deeper into addiction during that time with really hard drugs. I have a video recorded on my phone where you can't see me, but you can hear me just crying. I was sobbing Mm. and I made this literally like, I think like maybe a month before God fully delivered me from drugs. And I, in the video, it's like three minutes long. I'm just sobbing and I'm crying and I'm like, I can't do this anymore. Like I'm going to die. Like Mm. I, I can't live like this anymore. I don't want to do this. And during this whole time, because this was, like I said, over a span of a couple of years of me just running from God and and uh, really seeking self and wanting to gratify self and and live for myself and do whatever I wanted, um, I I just it was just such a, a such a dark place where it's just yeah I don't I don't have peace yeah I, I didn't have peace um but God. But God, yeah, but, <laughs> but God, like he, he literally took, took that all away. And what's, what's funny is I didn't even really ask him too many times. I kind of just, 
I feel like he just, that was always his plan. I had to go through what I like for my own personal story. I had to go through those things because I look back now and I, it's like, like I, I never want to go back there. I never want to go back to that pain. I never want to go back to that, that shame, that brokenness. Never, never. Because like you said, once you meet Jesus, it's like, it's just, everything's different. If you're in a relationship and trying to figure out if he's the one, or maybe you're recently single and taking a step back to figure out how to best go about finding the one, I have the ebook for you. Head over to the link in my bio or in the comment section from wherever you're listening to find my latest ebook, How to Know If He's the One. In this ebook, I share the worst of my relational mistakes and how Jesus finally showed me there was a better way. Gradually, he began to mend my heart. And I know he will do the same for you too. I'm curious to kind of, to go back to like, you know, your story of when you first started to encounter him and the Holy Spirit, what happened, what happened after that? So he really, what's so crazy is that he was calling me into deliverance and I, I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. So I didn't know because I see, and that's where community is very important as well. Like it's, 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 it's a need balance, right? So because I wasn't in a church and because I wasn't receiving discipleship um, and because I was just completely isolated and, and learning everything from him, you know, a lot of times we can go, th- I, I did go through a lot of confusion myself. Yeah. Um, and so what's, what's funny is after that, after I was just diving in the scripture and stuff, I remember I did, I, I kind of started going to this one church. However, it was a really, really small church, which there's nothing wrong with that. But um, that's where I ended up meeting this girl that I ended up getting involved with. Mm. And I ended up deceiving my church. I went behind my past back. It was it was just really, really bad. Mm. Um, but at that church, um, they, had a, they had a huge library, huge library. And I love reading. And so I came across this book called Pigs in the Parlor. And I still have it to this day. And for anybody that's into deliverance, you know, Pigs in the Parlor is a book all about deliverance. It's, in mm-hmm. fact, it's one of the best books about it. And I highly recommend it. And so he led me to start reading that book. And and it's funny because I, I knew that I needed deliverance, but I didn't know that that's what it was. It, it's so, it's so yeah. weird and so hard to explain because it's like I knew that demons were real. I I knew that Satan was after me and I knew that like homosexuality and all these things, I knew that they, that they needed to come out of my life, but I was so rooted in this sin. Cause you know, I had so, uh, strongholds, like the strongholds were, were so deeply ingrained at me at that point that it was like, I, I couldn't understand that. Like, no, like they, they have to physically come out of you and break off of your life. Like I didn't understand that. Right. And so I ended up just, the book scared me, <laughs> it scared me. I, I couldn't read it anymore. Um, because after I started reading that book, I started uh, having intrusive thoughts. I started seeing shadows. I started, mm-hmm. things started happening. 
that I didn't understand. Do you um, think and like so the it scared demons me. that were there, like living within you, were uncomfortable and Oh yeah. Yeah, you think that's what was happening? Oh, absolutely, absolutely. When when we start when God starts taking us to consecration and, and sanctification, oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, deliverance looks so different in so many different ways. Sometimes, you know, demons can just break off and come out as you're reading in scripture. I mean, God, God, you know, he can, he delivers us in so many different ways, but absolutely. When you start, uh, <laughs> yeah. When, especially if you're really deep in bondage, like, and, and you come like new age, you come from, that deep sexual sin, like things like that. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Absolutely. One of the key things um, to look for, like when people need deliverance is like, if they hear demons like in their mind being like, Oh, you don't need deliverance. You're fine. Mm-hmm. Like you're, there's nothing wrong with you, but yet the same person is addicted to drugs or the same person is, is, is living in some type of sin. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so absolutely. Mm, there's there's I love that you're talking about this because well I'm gonna go back a little bit I saw a TikTok once of somebody who used to be transgender um, and then was born again in in Christ and and she said in this TikTok uh, she was like yeah you were born like this and that's why you have to be born again because that's one of the arguments of, of I was born like this well yeah you were and that's why you have to be born again but then it's even deeper than that because somebody can be born again in yeah. the body of Christ, but still have demons and need deliverance. Come on, yeah, yeah, and and the thing, the thing, I love that we're talking about this too because th- this is see, this is something that I'm so passionate about because of my own testimony, because of my own journey, and um, man there's a lot of, there's a lot of believers in the body that don't believe Christians can have demons. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and I love the way, um, if you know the late Derek Prince, if you know him, um, Mm -hmm. oh my goodness, he, he was such an amazing speaker about this. He, he's written a lot of books too. So good. Um, I definitely recommend him, but he, he talks about, or he talked about, um, in specifically in the NIV translation, um, it translates to possession, right? And I think when people think of, of, of people having demons, their minds automatically goes to possessed. And mm-hmm. the way that Derek Prince breaks it down is that the word possession, it, we shouldn't use it because, and he, and he said that he hates the way that the NIV translated because the word possession, it, it, it suggests, blah, 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 it suggests ownership. And that's the thing. So when you are born again, it's true that you can't, you, a demon cannot own you. A demon cannot own you. You are now bought and born again by Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. He has paid for your sins. You are good. You are his. You belong to him. He has technical possession over you. Yeah. Um, yeah. But with that being said, a better word, and, and this is, again, Derek Prince, a better word is to say demonized because you can still have a demon in dwelling in you mm-hmm. and influencing you. Yeah. And so that's, that's what I think. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I get it. That, you know, there isn't, honestly, there isn't a whole lot of scripture on it. 
But what I always bring up to people because of what I have seen, I, I have seen, obviously, I've, I've started in deliverance ministry myself. I've seen demons come out of people. I've seen demons manifest in people. You cannot tell me that that is not a demon in that person when they manifest. Like, it's, yeah. it's, it's so crazy. Somebody said something to me about um, using more Bible verses because the verse, you know, you plant the seed and then the Holy Spirit does the rest of that. So I did write down a verse here because I don't remember them very well either. But <laughs> we, any of us who know about this, like spiritual warfare, know about this verse. And that's Ephesians 6.12. For we wrestle oh, yeah. against flesh and blood, but principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness and high places. And so even being even being a believer who is, you know, bought bought back because that's what redemption means, bought back by Christ. I think I heard I not Isaiah, Vlad something. There's this pastor Vlad. Oh yeah, I love Pastor Vlad. Yeah, he gave an example of how like you can be the owner of this house. Um say yes. like you you own this house, but there's like uh you rent out a little room. Um and then somebody goes yep. into that room. Like that's how having a demon can be like like God owns this vessel but like there can be little areas where demons are still working in your life okay so this is like a raw moment for me to admit this on my podcast and maybe it shouldn't be but like we should maybe believers should be more comfortable talking about these things I've had people numerous times over the past six months you know since I started this podcast tell me um, that I need deliverance. And I'm sure I do. Like, I'm sure I need continued deliverance. Um, but that's a little scary to be told that because it's like, okay, what do you see that I'm not seeing? Um, and it's typically when I talk about temptation or like thoughts. Um, and so I'm curious, like, we're talking about like signs of like, how do you know if you need deliverance? Because you might not be actively living out that sin, um, but maybe like the desire is still there. But then my thought is, okay, but we're always going to be in that sort of war where the flesh yeah. wants one thing and the spirit yeah. wants another thing. So I don't know if that's necessarily indicative of somebody needing deliverance because we're all in this war. Um, but yeah, like I know personally, I still experience those temptations or thoughts. Um, but I've been given fruits of the spirit and that self-control and that ability to flee temptation. Um, so what to you is like a sign that like, what is the difference to you if, of like somebody just fighting this like Christian fight that we all fight every day and then somebody needing deliverance? Oh my goodness. This is, such good stuff to talk about. First, I want to point out like, there's no shame in people needing deliverance. And this should be this should be more appropriated in the church. Because number one, there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus, none whatsoever. Um, and deliverance, I think that one of the reasons why it's not appropriated more, it's not talked about enough is because people look at it as a scary thing when really deliverance is so beautiful. Getting free is there's, I could, I could get emotional about this because there's just nothing like that. So there is no shame. 
Um, I'm, I'm still going through deliverance. I'm and now I do believe, I don't believe in when people say that we'll always need deliverance. I don't, I do think that, um, we can get to a, to a point in our walk with Jesus where we are consecrated, not fully, but to a good enough point to where you're no longer, you're, you, there is no like willful sin nothing like that and it's just you know like when it it, but it's not even really so much about that right it's because it's not so much about us it's about the holy spirit coming in and us giving those rooms those tiny rooms his ownership Mm -hmm. and so the more that we allow the holy spirit to come in and take take over those rooms and and that's a process then that's, that's freedom, you know? Um, so there's, there's no shame. Ooh, I feel the Holy Spirit right now. There's no No. shame. There's, there is no shame with, with needing deliverance. So, um, you know, if, if, if you do need deliverance or I need deliverance, anybody else listening to this where they feel like they do and where y'all are going to go into the signs, um, just know that, you are so loved like and and it's and it's amazing it can be scary at first but i'm telling you like when it's holy spirit led when when you allow jesus to to do that type of stuff oh my goodness it's <laughs> afterwards afterwards it's it's so freeing um but but yeah um so some of the signs um and this is this is how i knew too so i'm going to speak from personal experience and then also what i've learned okay. so a lot of a lot of times you will hear like thoughts in your mind but they will be like pretty violent like straight off the bat if you have suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. if you have thoughts where you want to hurt yourself if you have thoughts uh where you can hear a voice in your head saying things like we like mm-hmm. uh well we need to do this we need to do that um hmm. so that that's kind of like the mental aspect of it but then also like uncontrollable anger um wanting to hurt other people um if you have addictions um if you haven't repented of certain sins then you probably do need deliverance especially like if you've come from heavy bondage of like especially new age stuff mm-hmm. like if you've been involved and when i say you i don't mean you like i'm just talking like in general yeah we're talking um, to the listeners like, we're talking to you guys yes <laughs> yes 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 um like if 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 you've been involved with the occult new age and you haven't repented oh my goodness do that please repent <laughs> please yeah. repent because because the thing about um, is about demons is and how they gain access into our life is mm. open doors. Yes. So, so that's the thing. Um, other signs of of needing deliverance. I want to add to that real quick, Jess. We give them legal access yep. by knowingly sinning. Yep. Like when we know and we've been convicted that something is a sin, and we go ahead and do it. Anyways, like we are giving demons and devils legal access to us. Yeah, and it can be, man, it can be so subtle. It could be especially new age. Man, especially, and I'm sure you know this because of your own experience, mm-hmm. like 
especially with new age and new age, I think is one of the biggest doors that we see today in the world of why, I mean, 90% of the world needs deliverance. That's another reason why there's no shame in, in needing deliverance and, 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 and walking in that and then being open in that and surrendering because it's like, man, (laughs) Pretty much all of us. We I, all need fact, it. I'd go as far as to say we all do. Every yeah. single one of us. I don't think there's there wouldn't be not one person because sin in itself is is the open door, right? Now, I do want to point out um, there is a difference between willfully sinning and struggling with sin, and mm-hmm. that's something that that Holy Spirit has taught me in my own walk. Because, um, and this is to say, like to not scare people away from deliverance too, because I know that sometimes um, we do struggle with some sins and it's hard to let them go. Now that's not to say though, that it's okay to be in that sin. I think that, you know, once we get to like, Jesus is so patient with us, right? Holy spirit is so patient with us. So it's like, he, he knows our hearts and, and he'll see us struggling in that sin, but it does come to a point where it's like, okay, you have to let this go. Like you yeah. can't, like you have to let this go. Right. So I think there is a difference. Us. I think he helps. He does. Us. Like he does. The desire Absolutely. kind of the, the, the desire to engage in that sin just sort of, I don't want to say dissipates, but yeah, like it pretty much because there's lots of big sins I used to be involved in that the desire is just not even there. And I know that's because God, God freed me from that. Needing deliverance isn't just having a demon. It can also just simply having strongholds in our life, Mm. um, strongholds in our mind. So another way to tell like, is if you keep falling into like the same sin, or if you keep um, kind of finding yourself in these cycles and and things like that, then it's probably a a good sign that you need deliverance. Um, But above all, I would say, um, if anybody ever feels like they need deliverance, ask Holy Spirit. Mm. Get in the secret place, ask Holy Spirit. And that's when you want to start praying those dangerous prayers Mm. um, of things like search me, God, strip me, show me, reveal things to me. And those I say that those are dangerous prayers because they're scary. Those things are scary. And yeah. And a, a lot of times, you know, God, he's, he's going to answer you. Like he, he's going <laughs> to show you. And yeah, so, be careful what you ask for. <laughs> yeah. With the quickness at that. So it's like, <laughs> but you know, just, just ask because it, it can look different for everybody. I will say that, um, having temptations, I don't agree that that necessarily always means that somebody needs deliverance because like you said, um, <laughs> there's, we're going to face those things. Yeah. We're going to face, we're going to face temptations. We're going to have things in our life. Like we're called to deny ourselves. Yeah. So if there wasn't anything to deny ourselves from, then we wouldn't have to deny ourselves. <laughs> so, so what's so the next now, step of somebody like realizing like, okay, that's me. I fit into one of those categories. You know, next they pray the dangerous prayers. Um, and then what do you recommend somebody does after that? Um, again, pray first, first and foremost, pray and ask God to show you how he wants you or how he wants to go about doing it. 
right? Because that, you know, above all, you know, even in deliverance ministry, yes, we have the authority to cast out demons, but it's so important for us to realize that that comes, it's God. Jesus yeah. is the one doing the deliverance. Um, so so they can do it at home, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. If that's, if that's what Holy Spirit tells you to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so you can literally, there's, there's resources that I would recommend. Um, Prayers that raw demons by uh, John Eckhart. It's full of prayers, like spiritual warfare prayers, uh, renunciations, re- mm-hmm. and repenting prayers that you can start praying because that's really how you do it. It's it's really prayer. It's spiritual warfare prayer. That's how you. That's how it comes out. Um, so when you so, say you're in deliverance, sorry, I keep having these questions. No, you're fine. When you say you're in deliverance ministry then, so that means like you're essentially praying these kind of prayers with people, but like within a church? Um, so I haven't done deliverance with my church yet. Mm-hmm. I'm still new in my church. Yeah. So, but I've done like uh, one-on-one deliverances with people online. Mm. So I start, I've started doing deliverance like within my own ministry. Um, I can't wait until I can, until I can start joining the prayer squad in in my own church, but I'm still being discipled there. I'm curious because like, it's kind of rare to hear churches even talk about that. Um, so rare. So I was going to be like, do you go to a church that like talks about this or, you know, actually says they do deliverance ministry, but it makes more sense now, uh, now that I know how you do it. Yeah, ab- no, but absolutely. So my church is called V1. And for anybody listening that knows anything about deliverance, my church is at, or my pastor is actually Mike Signorelli, which is he's friends with Pastor Vlad and Isaiah and all wow. of them. Like they, they all do uh, conferences and stuff. Yeah, it's awesome. And so <laughs> my church is very big on deliverance, which I love it. And, and wow. the thing of it is, and they're not focused on deliverance. I want to point that out. I think that's something that's so important, but it's a, it's a huge part of what we do because not enough churches mm-hmm. are talking about it. It's almost like we're trying to pick up the slack of what a lot of churches aren't doing yes. yet. I do believe we're going to see, we're, we're seeing, especially this year in revival, we're seeing a lot more people being uh, discipled into deliverance, which is amazing. Praise God. I love that you said that because I was in a women's Bible study when I first began to realize, like, I need some deliverance. And uh, one of the ladies there, she goes, honey, you just need to come to to the prayer. She's like, you don't need to go to any kind of any Friday night, anything. She's like, just come for prayer. Just pray. She was like, it doesn't need to be. It's Sometimes it's not even a demon. Sometimes you just need to pray. She's like, don't make it all about you know, that. And I was like, I feel like I learned something in that because you start to learn about this and you're like, oh my gosh, like, is this a demon? And she's like, not everything's a demon. Like, that's true. You know, (laughs) (laughs) that's true. It's true. Yeah. Yeah, That's, that's a big thing. I think that, you know, cause I see a lot of people throwing shade at deliverance ministry and I get it. I get where they're coming from. Cause don't get me wrong. I've seen a lot of deliverance ministry where I I get it. I get what they're saying. However, when, when you have gone through bondage yourself and you know, and you've, and you've experienced demons in person, one-on-one, you know, that stuff is real. 
then you have a little bit more of a deeper understanding of that stuff. Because the thing of it is, is that that's right. Not everything is a demon. However, I would say a good 95% of what we see that's evil is a demon. If it's yep. evil, it's demonic. I, 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 I'm, it, it may not be a demon, but it's, it's Satan. It's, it's, yeah. there's, there's roots to it, you know? Um, and so, yes, if somebody is struggling, um, with like mental health issues, it doesn't automatically mean they have a demon. If somebody has health problems, it doesn't automatically mean that they have a demon. However, it is also true that a lot of times those things are caused by demons. Wow. So it's, it's, that come, it comes with discernment, though. You need discernment. You need Holy Spirit. Yeah. If Holy Spirit isn't in it, then, you know. And what my thing, too, is in Jesus's ministry, he was going around healing people from diseases and casting out demons, like left and right. That was what he was doing when he was on the earth. So, yeah, 100%. Yes, yes. And he has given us authority to do that. It is always so crazy to me when believers are like, we shouldn't be doing that. And I'm like, huh? Like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah. It's it's in the Bible. Like, Jesus did it himself. He gave us authority. Luke 10. I love Luke 10. Or, or Luke uh, 19, 10. Sorry. Because it's just, it's so true. Like, um, we have the authority. And so... I, th I think a lot of why people don't talk about it, though, number one, is simply because they're scared of it. Number two, I think it's because they don't understand it. They yes. they don't understand. And I get it because there is a lot around deliverance. There's, you know, we're never going to know everything about demons. We're never going to know everything about Satan. We're, we're just not. It, it's, yeah. it's, it's one of those things, right? Um, and so... There's always going to be stuff to learn and there's so much. And when you start learning it, it can be overwhelming. When, I, when the Lord started showing me and teaching me everything, man, I was like trapped inside my house for like a month. Like I couldn't even leave. Right. Like it was, it was so much. I was, I would be up until like five o'clock in the morning watching videos of people getting delivered. Yeah. Um, my mom's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm watching people getting demons casted out of them. And she's like, why? And I'm oh like, because this is real. Like, <laughs> oh, um, yes, that that's so good. It makes me so kind of going back to your story a little bit too, because this our conversation about deliverance is just this has been amazing, and I'm so glad to to talk about it. And I I also want to go back to to you because like you've personally personally lived this out. How did your family respond? Because you said your you're a pastor's daughter. So when you started to go through these changes, what did that look like in your family? Like, were they like, oh my gosh, praise God? Or what was this sort of process in your community um, and in your family? It was, it was. So back in 2016, when I first got saved, I, I hadn't even been in contact with my dad. Um, and Jesus ended up convicting me and being like, I want you to reconnect with your dad. And so mm -hmm. I did. And what's so crazy about it is that I had during that time, I hadn't talked to my dad because my dad, was, he was a pastor. Um, he is no longer, he's more of an evangelist now, mm -hmm. but, um, at the time I hadn't talked to my dad in like six years and I ended up messaging him and he messaged me back like right away, like same day. Mm -hmm. And you know, they were just him and my, and my stepmom were just so overjoyed. My mom, of course, you know, my mom was 
she, she to this day she still tells me she's like that's what happens when you have a praying mama and I'm like you're right oh, like exactly. thank you thank you Lord yeah like I'm just so thankful that my mom you know was always praying for me um never stopped praying for the prodigals never stopped praying for them yeah. it's so important oh. um but but yeah they they were very very um very welcoming very supportive now going into deliverance it's been it's been a little bit more i don't know the word for it um i don't know the word for it <laughs> skeptical yeah. i guess i guess you you might you might say um because so so i'm still fairly new to deliverance ministry believe it or not i i just i say i always tell people i was thrown into it yeah. um back back in june of last year is is when the lord revealed all of this to me and i say thrown into it because if you would have told me when i first got saved that that my calling would be in deliverance ministry and i'd be casting demons out and all that stuff i would have been like you're crazy i'm never doing that that sounds terrifying i don't want to do it um but the lord was like no this is what i called you to do you're going to do it and so um when I first started getting into that, <laughs> my mom was very skeptical um, until my mom was the first one that I ever did deliverance on. <laughs> so, so that's, that's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was crazy. My mom was the first person that Holy spirit like prompted me to, to cast a demon out of, which was absolutely insane. Um, but uh, my dad and my stepmom, they they do believe in deliverance ministry, but they're more on kind of like that side of like, you know, um, I get it. They don't think that everything should be about deliverance ministry. And I, I don't either. But for some reason, they think that that's kind of what I think. And I'm not sure why. I yeah. think it's just because they've seen me like make it a big part of my life but yeah. like I've tried to explain to them I'm like because this is what I'm called to do this is yeah. what I'm called to learn about and you know just like there are there are, not to say that I'm not going to be moving in other areas with the Holy Spirit of course I am but when it comes to deliverance it's something that I I, I believe that the Holy Spirit has put on my heart and he's called me to do because of my own fault because of what I've been through so I it's almost like, you know, um, when you've been through something, you know a little bit more about it. You exactly. you know you've been there. So, and also, yeah, because I had to go through it. You see yeah. that, like, that's oh, yeah. filling in for something that is not readily talked about. It's not like you're making everything about deliverance. Like, not, it's not all right. about that. It's all about Jesus. And you, yeah. I would argue that you know that, but unfortunately, like, not enough churches and pastors and people are talking about deliverance. So you're filling in that void. And Absolutely. so, yeah, so of course, like, this is what you're called to do. So it's not saying that you've forgotten what it's all about. I'm going to take a quick second here to tell you about Raised and Redeemed merch. I somehow end up in my bright pink Raised and Redeemed crew neck nearly every day because it's so comfy and I love to tell the world that I have been raised and redeemed in Jesus's name and wearing something that says that is a great conversation starter. Not only do we have crewnecks, but we also have t-shirts, hoodies, cropped hoodies, mugs, stickers, socks, and more. 
You can either follow the link titled Raised and Redeemed Merch in the comment section of wherever you're listening, click the link in any of my social media bios, or go to raisedandredeemed.creator.spring.com, and that is raised and spelled out A-N-D, redeemed.creator.spring.com to order yours and support the show today. I have a loaded question. Go ahead. I'm, I'm up for it. Okay. So I feel like myself and the listeners might be wondering, now that you have been going through, like you've been saved, you're going through all this deliverance, there's kind of two, I, I don't want to limit, limit it to two routes, but that's what I've seen anyways in other people's testimonies who were gay and now they're saved is they either now go on to have a life with the opposite sex, have a family, or they never develop that attraction. Um, And instead, they go on to a life of chastity and serving the Lord for the rest of their life. Like, those are the two options I've seen. So I'm curious, like, where you are within that. Like, if you think you would go on to the family route, or if you're here to serve the Lord only, or what that sort of looks like for you? Yeah. So um, I actually am currently married um, to a man. Oh, no. <laughs> so praise God. <laughs> praise God. Yeah, I um, I have a daughter. So, oh, my God. So that, that, that says a lot right there. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. But, um, Amazing. Yeah. So ooh, this is another thing that I, I don't think is talked about enough, and it should be. Um, especially when it comes to the LGBT community. Um, I still have a lot of love for the LGBT community because I know the brokenness. And I I see the, again, I see the need for Jesus there so much that I still, I'll never be able to look at that community with anger like that. Um, And People, they can disagree with me all they want. I don't care. We're called to love people. Does it mean that I agree with the sin? Absolutely not. I have repented. I no longer live in that sin. Amen. Um, So I say that because I have seen exactly what what you just said. Like I've um, I've seen believers come from homosexuality and come from being trans to now um, living a life of abstinence, living a life of chastity. And I know that that's not always the case. I know that my situation is not always the case. So going into how it happened for me, which is, it's it's so, again, it's unorthodox. Um, but before I got with my husband, I was I was still, you know, I thought I was trans and I was identifying as gay and all these things. Well, all of a sudden this day, and this was back in 2020, it was right at the start of 2020, right before uh, all that stuff happened. I started getting this weird desire and attraction to men. I was like, I know where I was like, where is this coming from? Wow. Where is this coming from? (laughs) Well, um, I went about it the wrong way and I hit up my now husband and needless to say, we started hooking up mm-hmm. and during that time, 
I was so confused. Yeah. So confused. I was like, what is this? Like, because I, I started falling in love with him and I'm like, this is so weird. Like I'm identifying as a, as a, as a guy, like I'm, but with him, I couldn't come to call myself by the name that I was going by. And I couldn't, I wanted to wear makeup around him and I wanted to, to wow. be feminine around him. And I was like, this is so strange. What is happening? And so I, there came to a point when we started like actually dating um, where I remember I was sitting in my car and this was, this was like right after the Lord had delivered me from, from drugs too. I was sitting in my car and I was just weeping and I was like, God, like, I don't want this anymore. I don't want this anymore. Then I was, and I, I, I heard him speak to me and he was like, this is what I have for you. Like, this is the life that I want you to live. I want you to live for me and I want you to, to let go of the sin, but you've been chasing these things so long, going back to how we were talking about that brokenness. He showed me that he's like, you've been chasing this brokenness, right? Like you've been chasing these relationships with women and you're trying to be something. And he spoke to me and he was just like, like, basically he told me like, you don't have to be anything you're not because your identity is in me. <laughs> and you're, you're chasing this identity. That's, it's not you. And it's not me. Like it's not Jesus. And yeah. And in that moment, that's when I was really just like, well, then I don't want this. I don't want this. And I remember being like, Lord, I don't know how to stop, though. Like, I don't know how to get rid of this. I don't know how to get rid of the the attraction to, to females. I don't know how to stop being trans. Did you not? He told me, you don't have to. I'm going to do it. And wow, I went to sleep. I woke up the next day and it was gone. I kid you not, it was gone. I can't explain it. I I can't. I'll, and to this day, I I don't look at women the same. It it it's just I and I have no desire to want to be somebody else. I have no desire to want to be. And I I when I tell people that, I know that it sounds kind of crazy, but like you know, that's going back to how you know when it comes to deliverance, God delivers us in so many so many different ways. Now, I said what I said about the LGBT community because I know that it doesn't always look like that. Yeah. And my heart goes out because I've seen people, I've seen people in the body that, that have struggled with it. And sometimes I see that I can tell that they're still kind of holding on with pain because I get it. It's hard. Like if you're struggling with sin, but I want them to know that just because somebody else may be delivered from something like doesn't mean that that person's not like we all are going to still struggle with certain temptations. Yes. Like I I'll be completely transparent. I still struggle with anger. Like mm -hmm. that's something that I'm that that I'm still that I need that I'm walking with the Lord he's showing me and so it looks differently. So like it's just that that's why and I think that I I make such a point with with being gay and things like that because it's just so talked about in the body it's so talked about it almost seems like homosexuality is like put under this spotlight and people want to talk about it so much and they're like oh it's sin and it's sin and it's like yeah but like everything else is a sin too like yes. lying's a sin this is a sin like yes. you know i i don't i don't think it's right 
for us to simply always be talking about just homosexuality because it has created this stigma and it has created this barrier between the LGBT community coming to Christ. Amen. It really has. And I get it. I, I, I get it. Like I have seen from both sides of the coin. I get it. But at the end of the day, um, we're called to, 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 to make disciples. We're called to spread the gospel. We're, we're not called to sit here and point fingers at people and, and condemn people to hell. Like, I'm sorry, but that's just not what we're supposed to do. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm really passionate about that too. And talking about that. Yeah, Jesus loves them too. Oh, so Jesus much. Jesus loved me. So when I was dead in my sin. Jesus loved you. Yes. When you were dead in your sin. Man. Oh my goodness. Well, that leads me to the last question from you. And that would be if you could just say a prayer for those people. Um maybe like if you were to think about what you once struggled with, uh the people who most closely resonate with you, like a prayer that you would have needed spoken over your life or to have heard at that point. Um, Yeah. If you would just pray for the listeners. Yeah, absolutely. So heavenly father, we come before your mighty throne today, Lord, and we just thank you so much for your goodness for your kindness, for your grace, Lord, for your mercy. That is so abundant. And father, I just want to lift up, each and every person that is listening to this. And Lord, I also ask that you would just draw in to listen to this and see this. Any, any, anybody that needs to hear this, Lord, anybody that you're wanting to speak, speak to, Lord, I just lift them all up to you right now, Lord. And I just ask that you would show them, show them your face. I ask that you would reveal your true self to them, Lord. I ask that you would truly show them the love of Jesus Christ. And I ask Holy Spirit that you would just, you would move in their lives in a way that is so undeniable Mm -hmm. of your love for them. That is so, so telling of your mercy for them, Lord, that they would know that we are all broken. There There is not one person that is more broken than the other, Lord. And so I ask that that they would just see their need for you, Lord Jesus, but they would know that that you love them so deeply. You would love them so deeply, Lord Jesus. And that they can come to you for whatever, mm-hmm. that they can rely on you, that you are our provider. You are the love. You are love. Mm-hmm. And that you will cleanse them that they don't have to be broken. They don't have to sit in that brokenness. And I just thank you, Jesus, for being the great physician. I thank you, Jesus, for healing us. I thank you, Lord. And I ask that you would just wash over everybody that listens to this and sees this, Lord, that whoever listens and sees this would just be absolutely touched by your spirit, God. We just thank you so much, Lord. You are so good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. That's all I have for you today. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this show, I'd love to have you leave a review, share it with a friend, and even connect with me on other platforms. It's 
at Michaela Nikolenko on Instagram and TikTok. And we also have an at Raised and Redeemed Instagram account too. I look forward to connecting with you there. Until next time, stay well and God bless you.